Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The catch is made by DJ Moore. Still going across midfield. Inside the 40, the 30. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Panthers beat writer Skylar Callahan. Uh, Panthers all-time lead and rusher Jonathan Stewart will join us momentarily. But we got a treat for you today. There's so much hearsay and buzz and stuff going on out there. We figured, hey, you guys come to us for the latest information on the Panthers. Why not go get one of the best? Joe Person from The Athletic, uh, beat writer for a long time for the Carolina Panthers through multiple outlets, joining us on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast today. What's going on, Joe? How you doing, man? What's going on, gentlemen? Man, I, that's the question I have for the both of you, because both of you guys <laughs> have been in the building for, for this whole entire ordeal. The Panthers season over. We're through wild card weekend. But of course, here, the main questions have to do with who is going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And my goal in the first segment here is to kind of weed through some of these candidates and to get the latest info from both of you guys and what you're hearing from inside the building. Because there's a lot of people on uh, Twitter and Facebook who who pretend to be in the building <laughs> and they think they know what's going on. But now nah, that's not how we roll here on Believe in Carolina Panthers. So we're going to give the fans what they want, which is hard facts and information so you kind of have an idea of where the franchise might be going but before we do that uh, a word from our sponsors over at bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code believe B L E A V to receive your bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and where we will start today. Gentlemen, I am blessed to have uh, two hardcore Carolina Panther beat writers in the house. Let's just start off with the elephant in the room. And that's this whole Sean Payton thing. Like how real is this? I know they asked for him. They, they're asking for everybody. <laughs> they're literally asking to interview everybody that's even thought about coaching Feels like they're coming to Carolina to do an interview. Um, let's just start off with you, Joe, because uh, actually it was your article from earlier this weekend that kind of set the internet on fire <laughs> regarding all of this. What What's your take on the situation regarding uh, Sean Payton? Yeah, I think David Tepper's interest is real. Uh, I don't know that everyone in the building would be real keen on Sean Payton coming to the Panthers because it likely would mean that guys like Dan Morgan and Scott Fitter might be out of work because Sean Payton is going to want control of personnel. And that's an interesting thing because we all heard Tepper when um, he fired Matt Rule told us that he would be very careful to get into that kind of arrangement again, which Rule had, which was control of the, of the roster. So but Sean Payton isn't going to come and, you know, just be a coach. I mean, he's 
been around long enough. He's going to want personnel control. And I don't know. David Tepper, is he going to give it to him? You know, I, I think that's what the conversation is going to be like, among other things, later this week uh, when they get together in New York. So, but Skyler, isn't that kind of the same situation that Jim Harbaugh wanted? Isn't that kind of why Harbaugh never really got interviewed? I, I was under the, the assumption that Harbaugh wanted um, control over the roster. And my thought was that that, that uh, inquiry <laughs> that Harbaugh's camp gave a couple a week or, well, I guess going on two weeks ago now, was to inquire whether or not Fitter was going to be around. Fitter's involved in the coaching search, so clearly he's going to be around. Do you feel like that might be a deal breaker? With Sean Payton, and I guess the wider question is for both of you: Does Payton fit here in Carolina? Like, what are the odds here? You know, what would you give it between a from zero to one hundred of Sean Payton being the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers? Well, I mean, like Joe said, I think there is genuine interest from David Tepper. Um, obviously, he knows he's got to get this coaching hire right. I mean, he's swung swung and miss on Matt Rule, and he can't afford to swing and miss again, um, or else there's going to be some serious fire for him. Um, now, obviously, he's the owner. He's not going to just give up the team. But, um, you know, in terms of Sean Payton, like I think it, it makes sense in, in terms of you, you do get that splashy hire that he tried to get the first time with Matt Rule. Obviously, Matt didn't have the experience, didn't have really the, the tools to succeed here because he went about things different ways than probably most NFL head coaches would, even in their first time. Um, but with Sean Payton, you, you're getting a proven coach, a guy that's been to been to a Super Bowl has won one. He knows how to win in this division. But like Joe was saying, you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. Um, not whether not just in terms of paying him, but you're going to have to give up probably draft pick compensation, which is probably at least a first round pick, maybe more. Um, don't know exactly what that deal would look like, but we'll see. I, I don't know if they'll really get to, you know, the the the. Uh, the deep conversations with Sean Payton, if that'll ever be a thing or not. I don't know if he's going to get to the final round of interviews, uh, but I do think that there is genuine interest, like Joe said, and I wouldn't be shocked um, if if Joe, if Sean Payton isn't the guy that we do see some somebody that's of that stature um, th- that that comes kind of back into the into the realm of things. All right, guys, give me give me your leader in the clubhouse, Joe. You start off first, as this is going right now, because we're. I, I've lost count how many there are, uh, and there's a lot of uh, like tickers that basically are keeping track of how many they've interviewed or requested to interview. Out of all these guys, Wilkes, Ken Dorsey, Frank Wright, Ben Johnson, that's what it was this weekend, your article on Ben Johnson uh, <laughs> that kind of set the internet kind of on fire a little bit because it it almost, in the perception of the Panthers' minds, Joe, it pushed Ben Johnson in front. But from my understanding, Ben Johnson hasn't interviewed yet. He interviews tomorrow, I think, on Wednesday. So, I, I don't know. Uh, give me who is the leader in the clubhouse in your mind as we stand right now, 4.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, <laughs> Tuesday, January 17th. It's hard to say. I, I mean, I do think that Ben Johnson was the leader. And I think they were sort of timing up. His camp was was trying to time up his interview. Uh, one, because he could have interviewed last week. Detroit was eliminated. He, right. But I think I think it was strategic on the part of Ben Johnson's camp. They wanted to give him more time to kind of learn the Panthers roster. So he whenever he did interview, he would kind of knock it out of the park, so to speak. 
And then secondly, it's kind of like, you know, you want to be that last uh, gymnast to go in front of the Russian judge because that Russian judge is holding <laughs> back. And, and, and I think that was part of it too. Uh, but a lot of things changed uh, with Sunday's report that Sean Payton had entered the chat. And I, I wouldn't call Payton necessarily the leader. I don't think David Tepper knows who the leader is right now. I think he's, I understand that Frank Reich had a very good interview and was impressive. I think Steve Wilkes did a nice job from what I hear in his interview. And so they're going through this process. I'm not convinced all 10 or 11, whatever the number is now, I'm not sure all those guys are going to end up getting an interview. Um, I mean, they interviewed 15 uh, candidates for the GM job before Scott Fitterer was hired. So part of this too is guys, David Tepper and Nicole Tepper wanting to kind of learn a little bit more about how that outside, how these other uh, candidates, how these other teams view their organization and how they can get better specifically, how they can get better at quarterback and offensively. See, I thought that too, because it felt like in the beginning, it was Steve Wilkes and a bunch of young offensive coordinators. Like it, like every offensive coordinator in the age of 45 got a phone call from the Panthers. It felt like, and my theory was, now, again, this is just my theory. I'm just a dude doing a podcast. But my theory was that they already they already know that Steve Wilkes is going to be the head coach and that they're they're looking at all these offensive coordinators to see maybe if they can poach one to come over to their side and make them like a assistant head coach slash OC or whatnot uh, to be able to, to basically take over that side of the ball while Wilkes and Holcomb and whoever do the defense. And the only thing I have to base that on is that Wilkes hasn't interviewed with anybody, as far as I can tell. He hasn't interviewed with anyone, and no teams have requested him. Is that weird that he had all the success he had as an interim coach with us, yet no teams are calling to to interview Wilkes? Like, is that is that a clue, or am I just kind of looking through the smoke and there's nothing there? Tyler, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think – as far as Steve Wilkes goes, like I think there's one job that he wants, and there's really only one job he wants, and that's obviously this one here in Carolina. Um, I don't know if teams just look at that and say, you know, we'll, we'll sit back and, and see, but I think a lot of it is they want those young offensive-minded coaches. I don't know that Steve Wilkes is going to really be that that sexy hire for, you know, the Houston Texans or, you know, who just went through it with Lovey Smith and, um, you know, and the several coaches they've had. But – um, again, you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals. I know they just honey, uh, hired Monty Austin for it, but um, they, they're, they're trying to have to replace K- Cliff Kingsbury as an offensive-minded coach with probably yet another offensive-minded head coach. That's just the way of the NFL right now. And guys like Steve Wilkes, they're probably not going to get a whole lot of chances. When you look at the only job that he had full-time, yes, he had a terrible roster, was dealt a, yet again another bad hand, went, but went 3-13. and 13. And I think for whatever reason, teams want to go back to that instead of looking at what happened this year. And I don't know why that is. Um, but, again, it's it's trying to also understand, the, well, well, I guess from the outside, like do outsiders just view this as, oh, Steve only had success because the NFC South was bad and he knows the Panthers roster and, and he knows how to get them to, to play at a high level. So I don't know if that played a part in it, but – I think a lot of it comes down to appeal, and Steve Wilkes probably just doesn't have as much as some of these guys out there, like you know Ben Johnson or Shane Steichen or so on and so forth. 
Joe, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I don't think any of those offensive coordinators would, would take a lateral move, quite frankly. Um, I don't know why they would. All of them are in the playoffs with the exception of Ben Johnson, and Ben Johnson's on a team that looks to be on the come up. So, um, and same with maybe one of these guys like Frank Reich, who's already out, um, or Jim Caldwell. But even then, I don't, I don't know. I mean, once you've kind of run your own program, if Frank Reich kind of figures it out, and if, and I don't know that this will be the case, but if he's thinks he's not going to be a head coach again, then maybe he considers it. But um, I think Frank Wright wants his head coaching job. And so does Ben Johnson and Kellen Moore and all these other guys, these offense coordinators that that Scott was just talking about. So the Steve Wilkes thing is interesting. I mean, we've seen this week Al Holcomb, who who basically is aligned with Steve Wilkes. You know, he interviewed – Tuesday, today, uh, in Atlanta for defense coordinator post down there. That would seem to suggest that uh, as the Panthers, oh, by the way, have started this process of interviewing defense coordinator candidates also. So I don't know that that's necessarily a sign that Steve Wilkes won't get it. Um, I haven't seen how Holcomb's a great coach, but it, it does seem like a sign that if Wilkes were to be the head coach, that they might be looking in another direction in terms of coordinating. And this is, uh, I forgot to mention at the top of this, uh, it is open mailbag like it is every week here on Believe in Carolina Panthers. And it is, uh, since we're down to one episode per week instead of two, it is, tell them, are you mad? Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Joe is new here uh, where, uh, you know, if there's something that's happened this week in the world of football that upsets you, a referee call, uh, some weird play call from a coach, something like that that just stuck in your head, uh, we get a chance to get it off our chest. I don't know if, you'll, if you're going to stick around for that a little bit later on, but you are more than welcome to. Uh, but the open mailback part I wanted to mention, because if you have a comment or a take, guys, take advantage of this. You have two beat writers for the Carolina Panthers right here, right now that can potentially answer your question or just brush it off if it's not a good question. So if you want, put your questions down in here for us and we can see if we can get them answered like Spence 22, who claims my question is with the Panthers now interviewing for a DC also, doesn't that signal that Tepper already has made his mind up for a head coach and the rest of the interviews are just a formality. I'm kind of confused as to how they can interview coordinators without the head coach too. Cause I saw that. Cause I think the first one was like the Jets secondary coach that I saw that they were interviewing for the DC. And now I'm seeing a couple other names starting to pop up. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean if they're interviewing coordinators already? I, th- I think and, and Joe can probably speak to this a little bit deeper, but I think some of that is, is feeling around number one, number two, it's also aligning some of these guys that may get the job like Sean Payton. I know they interviewed Vic Fangio. And that's kind of like Joe reported earlier in the week that those two kind of had a, have a tie together. And I think that's kind of partially why some of those those names are popping up. Um, Joe, what, what more can you add to this? No, I think you're right. And they don't want to get in a position where if, they, if they're doing this deliberate head coaching search. And th- by the way, that was part of what the NFL wanted to accomplish with, by tweaking the Rooney rule is to get teams to slow down and not rush this process so that you know, you're seeing seven white guys get hired. 
just <laughs> slow it down and, and give everyone an opportunity. A guy like Nico Ryans, for instance, who is uh, very popular in hockey today. His team's you know, blowing and very well could play all the way out to the Super Bowl. But So if it is going to be a deliberate process for, for the Panthers and these other teams in selecting head coach, they don't want to get behind the eight ball where the defensive coordinator position is, is open also because there are teams like the Falcons and others that are hiring DCs. And the other part, Skyler's right. Like, I think they – were in talking in that first round of, of interviews, I think they were hearing some of the same names come up. Some of these guys, I'm sure Scott Fitter and Dan Morgan suggested. Uh, Mark Juan Manuel was with them in Seattle, the, the Jets' safeties coach. Um, Chris Richard, I think, was in Seattle with Fitter. So there is there's some ties to Fitter. And listen, Sean Payton, if it's not Vic Fangio – like he's not going to be told, like, "Hey, this is your DC." No, but a guy like Ben Johnson, who had, doesn't have the experience, they might say, "Hey, Ben, we like your pitch. We like your offensive philosophy. We sort of have a guy we want to pair you with on defense." Uh, and that's what the Rams did, by the way, with Sean McVay in 2017 and Wade Phillips, and that worked pretty well. And uh, so I think I think there's an element of that to this as well. I don't know if it's because I I, I really want Wilkes to get the job, but it's like my mind is not switching to the possibility yet of a Ben Johnson or someone getting it instead of Wilkes. And I think I think the reason why is this podcast <laughs> because we've had to follow this team so cl- twice a week. We were doing episodes on this team and just kind of going through the ins and outs. And it allowed me and Skyler and Stu to really ride the up and down of this season. Like, man, Skyler, beginning of this year, <laughs> like the first month with rules still here. Yeah. I know, I know I was feeling it. I, you never verbalized it, but I'm sure you probably had it in the back of your head. You're like, man, we got to do 14 more weeks of these. Like, how are we supposed to, <laughs> are we supposed to talk about this team? Because we, we did it last year. Like, last year when it was going on, I mean, we all knew, Panther Nation knew by the time we got to, October it was just like what are we doing and it just felt like it was starting again so when Wilkes got promoted up and you could see the team really you know uh playing for him and 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 not losing games they would lose previously it really kind of made me lean more towards Wilkes than anybody else and then plus the players being vocal Stu said this last week the NFL players typically aren't very vocal when it comes to that kind of stuff like you don't really hear players come out and say we want this coach. We want this coach. And it's not just current players. It's former Panthers, too, like that have come out in support for Wilkes. How much do you think David Tepper's taken that into account? Because it feels like he let Rule go off of the fan reaction. Because that last game that Rule coached was that 49er game where the fans took over Bank of America Stadium. And then 12 hours right. later, Rule was gone. And what did I tell you, too? Remember mm-hmm. that day, pregame, yep. I-, I texted you and Stu and said, this feels like it's going to be the last game for Matt Rule. It was just straight in red. The whole and, thing was in red, and it, it was a it was a 49er home game, you know. Like, and we kind of knew, but we didn't have that after that. I think the thing with Tepper is, does he does he like to listen to people in terms of you know the players and, and stuff like that? Because even if you go back all the way to early October, before Matt Rule got fired, we were talking in, to, to players in the locker room, and even then, those guys were saying. 
yeah, we want Matt to, you know, they weren't saying we want Matt to be our guy, but that they're, that they were playing for him and that, you know, they, they really liked him. Um, some of the, some of that could have changed or maybe some of that was just, you know, cliche talking, but mm. it kind of felt genuine that they really liked him. Um, we've heard some things, but, you know, you know, Shaq Thompson opened up about how the differences and stuff like that, but it didn't ever feel like he lost the locker room. At least that was my take. Maybe Joe sees it differently. Um, but then you also look at the the whole turf versus grass thing. This has been a conversation for ever since they put the turf in a couple of years back. Players have talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. There's still turf inside that stadium. So I don't know how much listening he's going to do. But to me, like I said last week, when sometimes you want to go out and find that that offensive wizard that you know can just do everything on the whiteboard and he looks intelligent. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't have that locker room bought into that vision – it's not going to matter. He's got to have that. And with Steve Wilkes, you have that. You can go and get yourself a young up-and-coming offensive coordinator. It may not be Thank one you. of your guys. Yeah. Be a quarterback's coach or, you know, someone like that. But there's an opportunity for Steve Wilkes to be successful here. Be, number one, because he knows how to win here. He's been through the ups. He's been through the downs. But he's also got this entire locker room bought in. And he was able to do that on the fly. <laughs> like, it's not like he had a whole offseason to get this locker room to surround, you know, what he envisions for this team. Like, he did it on the fly. Imagine what he can do in an entire offseason where he can get the guys that he wants on his coaching staff and on the roster. Uh, uh, if, you're, if you're watching or listening to us on our YouTube youtube.com uh, forward slash at tobacco road sports radio. Uh, you can actually hear this at tobacco road sports radio.com. It's on live right now. Um, and you'll be able to get the podcast uh, episode here shortly after we're done. Joe person joining us here from the athletic myself, Skylar Callahan from sports illustrated. If you're wondering where Jay Stu is, he had something that popped up real quick. He should be in here uh, momentarily. So he'll be here with us to do our preview of the divisional round. Uh, I'm sure there's something that's got him uh, mad at this point. So we'll do a little tell him why you're mad. Although Denver hasn't played in a couple weeks. So I don't know if he'll have something uh, I usually Broncos related, but <laughs> I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> so, and, and, and of course, Joe, if you want to stick around for that, it's always a lot of fun. So uh, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're making this harder than it needs to be. Like it felt like as we ended the regular season, that Wilkes was the guy, but yeah, do your due diligence. I don't mind them interviewing 25 people. That's I'd rather you do that than interview three and then go bring in Wilkes. And then it blows up in your face and everyone's like, Oh, well you should have interviewed more people. It's fine. I mean, to people. A part of me almost wonders if Tepper was kind of surprised with what happened because when, when he talked, uh, I think it was, I think the, the day he introduced Wilkes as the interim head coach about him being, you know, he would have to do an incredible job or whatever. When he said that, I don't think he would have to come back to it, you know, months later on and, and, and people are wondering what the incredible really mean. Because how many interim head coaches are successful? Not very many. I mean, outside of Steve Wilkes and what um can't remember the, the guy's name, Basachi or the, the Raiders. Rich, Rich Basachia. Yeah. Oh, wow. Besides those two, I mean, it, it's usually just a guy that's a placeholder that can get you to the finish line. And that was never the case for Steve Wilkes. Let me that whole, that whole that whole situation, like when Wilkes came in here last February, I think it was, uh, and he returned to Charlotte. I, I thought then that it was always with the possibility of exactly how it transpired. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they fired Rule, which was a real 
possibility, which frankly makes you wonder why they didn't do it after a second year. Thank you. <laughs> like, I'm glad but, someone else is saying this. <laughs> that, that's a whole nother discussion. But my point is they hired a guy who's from here in Steve Wilkes, who'd been a head coach and, you know, Skyler hit on the, the reasons why it wasn't real successful in Arizona. And, and I know Ben McAdoo's been a head coach too, but it was always going to be Steve Wilkes who got that opportunity. I just, and he, and he did a wonderful job. I mean, for you guys just went over that. I mean, the, the players bought in much more so than they ever claimed to buy in from that rule. And this was genuine. And I just think, I just don't know that Dave Tepper is all about the big splash. And I don't know if promoting the interim coach in Dave Tepper's mind is a big enough splash. I feel like we're still kind of dancing around the middle here because everything you just said is true, Joe. But then as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, well, if if Tepper had the wherewithal to bring in Wilkes as a break in case of emergency in case rule doesn't work, instead of McAdoo, who had head coaching experience too, then wouldn't he have also have known why he would have had Wilkes instead of McAdoo for all the stuff we just said? Like it, it's almost like we're missing a piece here. Like in terms of the man just needs to talk more. <laughs> That's really what it is. David Tepper needs to talk to us more because we're sitting here like going, well, that makes sense. But then why did this happen or why are they well, doing this? And here, here's what I think David Tepper would, if we had him on the, this podcast, I think That's he would part. say, the, yeah, let's, let's <laughs> I think he would say the missing piece was offense and that, yes, Steve Wilkes did the best he could with what he had. Uh, but, and, he, and he really did. I mean, he kind of had his hand, one hand tied behind his back. He had three quarterbacks, which he didn't really have one. And, but it was not a sexy offense. It was not anything that's going to put butts in the seats in Bank of America Stadium. Can it still work with the idea that Wilkes is is kind of the overseer uh, of offense and defense, and you have a coordinator, a hot shot coordinator you hire? Yeah, I think it could work. I just don't know if David Tepper. We'll see. I mean, I, I do think Wilkes still has a shot here, uh, but you know, when you start introducing the Sean Paytons into this conversation, and each day this goes on you start to wonder if, if Steve Wilkes is going to get left at the altar. I, I got a question for Joe because yeah. I've had three or four people ask me this over the last week, and I feel like he'd be the best person to ask. Because I feel like I, I know my, my take on it, but I want to get somebody else's. Um, if Steve Wilkes doesn't get this job, what happens to Steve Wilkes? Because some people, some of those four or five people that have asked me have posed the question, well, would he stay as a D.C.? I personally don't think he would. But what do you think? No way. I don't think so. I think it'd be an alternate slap in the face. Yeah. We don't want to hire you for the job. You just you know, did very Good well, yeah. maybe incredibly, for 13 weeks in 12 games. We don't, want to, we don't want to promote you to full time. But we've got a position for you. You'll be assistant head coach. I don't think he does it. I don't and plus, I think it also creates a divide. Yes, that's, what I was that's say. right. Yeah, because all those players I mentioned before have all come out verbally to support Wilkes. You you hire someone else instead of Wilkes and keep Wilkes on the staff. It's gonna, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know how that would work dynamic wise. 
No, I agree. I, I don't. I think it's it's head coach or bus for Steve Wilkes. Donald Duck, one of our uh, viewers here, says whoever gives Matt Golden Corral a shot gets the head coaching gig, and if he doesn't pan out, then draft Drake May, UNC QB, born and raised in Charlotte. I got news for you, Donald Duck. We're not going to be bad enough to draft Drake. Uh, Drake, he's going to probably go number one next year, and I think there's too much talent on the defense alone for us to just bottom out. That's another thing too. Actually, I'm glad I got both of you on here because I've been hearing this uh, this idea ever since Chicago ended up with the number two pick in this draft. People have been trying to link Chicago and Carolina together where they're saying Carolina uh, should trade up to the number two pick to go get like C.J. Stroud or somebody. They got number one. They got number one pick. Or number one pick. So here's my question. Why would they do that? Like why? We just watched the Panthers try to win football games. Like they could have just kept Matt Rule and let him do what he was doing and had the number one pick probably (laughs) in the draft. Instead, they actually tried to win football games the last two and a half months of the year they trade off their best player, McCaffrey. They trade off Robbie Anderson. They bring back a stockpile of picks. My question is, how much sense does it make for the Panthers to then turn around, take those picks they got from McCaffrey just to move up seven spots to maybe get one guy that may or may not pan out? Does that even make sense, like, considering where they were in October? I mean, you well, know my if, it, that <laughs> if it's Bryce Young, I think it makes sense. Oh, you're yeah. Bryce Young. <laughs> I mean, I think the world is is on Bryce Young. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of <laughs> all right. Well, size. I, I, size more than anything else. He's 5'10", 185. and I just I don't know. I just don't know. No, there's no doubt about it. Right, look, I get it. Um, I think those two things you were asking about, Desmond, are two different conversations. I mean, you can't the whole tanking idea. One, Steve Wilkes was never going to embrace it, right. and two. There's a benefit to winning games. I know it costs you in the draft positioning, but it creates a winning atmosphere. Like this is a team, you know, Taylor Moten's a good example. Taylor Moten went to the playoffs his rookie season before he was a starter. They lost to the Saints. He hasn't been back to the playoffs since. The fact that they were playing in week 18 or week 17, excuse me, with the opportunity to still go to the playoffs. I mean, I, I think that's important. And, yeah, I mean, could they have tanked? I, I guess so, but not under Steve Wilkes' watch. And so I I think if you decide, whether it's Bryce Young or whomever, if you think if you sit at nine, you're not going to get that guy, and that is the guy we have to have to, to pair with Sean Payton which will be, by the way, if they get Sean Payton, that's probably a whole other discussion because they gave up the pick. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but my point is, if it's that guy, I get the feeling this is going to be the year they draft a quarterback. Again, the Payton thing could change that just because of what they might have to give up for Payton. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting offseason. I don't want to. I don't want to give off the idea that the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast is all for tanking because all season long we were the ones that were like I, we might have been the only ones uh, that were like we don't believe in tanking. Stu was like it's impossible to tank in the NFL on purpose. You can't get fifty three professionals to just agree to to suck in order to go draft one kid. They might save the whole franchise. Like they're just not wired especially, that way. Especially when you're talking about guys that are on the final year of their deal. Like they're playing for money too. Yeah, like they, they don't give a crap about some. 
trying to feed their family. Like they, they're not going to sit here and, and play poorly and have it on tape because there was some grand scheme from the front office to lose games or whatever. I meant more along the lines of, well, we know what Matt Rule's doing. Like we know that he ain't going to win more than five games at this point. Like that's literally why they pulled the trigger when they did. They probably should have did it about a month earlier, or really to Joe's point in the off season. But if they wanted that go that route and have a high pick, I just look at it like I don't understand the logic of them trading all these picks they just got to move up in this draft where they had other ways to get there if that was the end game. But again, it's hard to tell because they're really vague. Like Fitter will give us some info. He'll tell us what the, and he gave us more info in that closing press conference uh, the other week than I expected him to in terms of what they might do in the draft and things of that sort. But yeah, Tepper, Tepper talks like, what is it, like once a year, if we're lucky about the Panthers, he'll come out and give a little press conference. And the last one, if I remember was kind of testy <laughs> the one before uh rule got let go i think i think i got my timeline right where he was and was it you joe <laughs> was it you that asked the question no it was it was who? He, he was upset or or pointed out something that scott fowler had, had scott written. fowler that's what it was yeah. that was that that was back in october like the only time we've heard from david tepper uh the last couple of years is when he fires somebody when we fired Marty Herney in December 20, just 21, I think it was. No, 20, whatever. Yeah. Um, we heard from him then, and we didn't hear from him again until he fired Matt Rule. So, um, you know, Will, I'm sure they'll trot him out in a week or two whenever they introduce the next coach. And, you know, if it's not Steve Wilkes, uh, he will have some questions to answer, not just because of Steve's success, but the fact that he had a successful and qualified black coach in a league that has a terrible history uh, track record of hiring black coaches. And, and why, why did he not just stick with a proven guy in Steve Wilkes? I think I had like a dream where it was like Wilkes was the head coach. He kept Holcomb as the DC. And then he went and got his buddy Pep Hamilton to be the offensive coordinator who was asked to interview for the OC position last year and apparently turned it down. Uh, my thought was, well, he thought it was a lame duck situation and it turned into that. He's unemployed right now. He got let go by the Texans, I believe it was. So he's floating around out there. I didn't realize him and uh, Coach Wilkes were childhood buddies, lived five doors down from each other, whatever, went to West Charlotte together, high school. So you could kind of make it a feel-good type thing and they're qualified dudes in position and the team will play for them. So I'm still just stuck here like, okay, so they just did all this through Steve Wilkes. Now you're going to expect this whole team to turn around and play for Ben Johnson, who is from North Carolina. You could sell that. Or Frank Wright, who played for the Panthers. You could probably sell that. But I don't see how you could sell that above the story you would have by saying, you know, homegrown Steve Wilkes, West Charlotte, App State, Rivera Tree. Here we go. Like, and if that don't work, fine. But at least we tried it. And I, I don't know if there's a way around it at this point. But then again, we don't hear from Tepper, so we don't really know his, his temperament. We don't really know if he even cares <laughs> about that kind of thing or not. I would think with him coming from Pittsburgh that he recognizes that whole cut from the same cloth type thing, having a mentality, like a, an identity. And we just didn't have an identity under Matt Rule, really. That was the number one issue I had, that not finishing games. We couldn't – we never got blown out, really. But we just couldn't finish games. Like in the fourth quarter, we just couldn't figure it out. And then, of course, you know, we never could know why because Rule would just say, well, I got to look at the tape in the <laughs> in the postseason, like in the postgame, like every single week. I, I got to look at the tape. I got to look at the tape. Wilkes was straightforward. He would tell you exactly what happened. 
sometimes he would answer your questions before you guys would even ask them. Like he already knew <laughs> and you were going to ask him and he's boom, boom, boom. He's just giving you clear cut answers. I like that. I mean, I think that's good. Blackball and enterprise asks, I got a question for Joe person. If we go the Sean route, Sean Payton, what would that look like as far as compensation? 20 million a year. Uh, oh, ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that right right that now I think, <laughs> I, I think i think 20 million is what the top <laughs> coaches make i think belichick's there mcveigh might be there oh my gosh and that's what sean payton's gonna want <laughs> i think you talked yeah. out of it if i was thinking I mean, about sean payton, you completely just kind of made me <laughs> it's not even my money <laughs> and i'm like uh. and, and and here's the thing like i think sean payton he loved the fact that the Panthers jumped in because if he doesn't get it here, the fact that he's got 12 billion, no, excuse me, $18 billion hedge fund guy, David Tepper in the bidding now, then he might get the 20 million from Denver, who, by the way, is the only ownership group that has more money than Tepper. Hey, that's that and, Walmart money. That just, that Walmart. goes different. <laughs> that Walmart here, money long. Like here's, <laughs> Sean Payton, listen, it, we all know he re- his preference was to stay in LA and coach Justin Herbert. The Chargers don't spend money, and so much so that they're sticking with Staley even after the 27-point Milton the other night. So what's the next best thing for Sean Payton? One, get paid. I think the fact that he's got the two richest owners in the bidding, it, it means he's going to yeah, it. <laughs> and but then but then then the quarterback situation. Like he, he listen, look at the success he had with Drew Brees. I don't know what does he think about Russell Wilson? Does he think he can fix Russell Wilson? Does what does he think what's his plan going to be here? Because it's not going to be trying to fix Sam Darnold would venture to bet. And so does he have someone in the draft in mind? Because if the Panthers use a future first to get Sean, then maybe they could still draft, you know, trade up or maybe sit at nine and take Will Levis. I don't know. Or does Sean Payton like uh, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy. Oh, 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 hey, let's stop right there. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Not, now it's getting spicy because I like this Lamar thing. If, do you guys feel like Lamar's going to be playing in Baltimore next year with everything that's going on right bad. now? I don't feel like it either. Yeah. Like, cause I feel like, they, like I, I feel like if they tag him, it's going to make it worse. Like, I, I don't it feels like the, It feels like the Deshaun situation. Just yeah. too much. It, it, it's like the cat's out of the bag. Both sides are kind of dug in. And, and I think, right, I mean, they're not going to give him away. They're going to tag him and then ask the Panthers or the Jets or whomever, the Patriots, you know, how much you going to, how many first round picks are you going to give us for? Uh, Ooh, would you take Lamar if he's asking for 250 guaranteed? Like, I feel like the only reason why Deshaun Watson's not here is because Tapper didn't want to uh, guarantee the third and fourth year of the, of the deal. Well, that, that's they would for Lamar, right? I think, I think Deshaun kind of set the almost reset the market in a way. Oh yeah, because now every quarterback's going to want guaranteed money, or at least you know as much as they can get. And I don't know. I mean, when you look at what the Browns gave Deshaun Watson and that whole situation, as bad as it was, and you look at like a Lamar Jackson who, to my knowledge, hasn't never had any off the field issues, and he says, "Hey." 
give me, you know, say two hundred eighty million or three hundred million dollars guaranteed. Oof. Is some NFL team going to want to do that? Like, Oof. Is that us? That's the I mean, Are we that team? Like, you got to think. What is there going to be a team out there that's going to be desperate too? That'll be like, yeah, I can. We'll, we'll definitely do that. Like maybe the New York Jets get desperate because they lose faith in Zach Wilson, which seems to already be, be the case. Um, is Miami full fully in love with you know Tua moving forward? I don't. I don't know. Um, it's, it's crazy because Cleveland was the first name that popped in my head when you started saying that. Like, no, they just did this last year. Like, they literally, yeah. <laughs> they literally just shoved it all in to the middle of the table last year for this, and they're probably sitting there going, "We just waited another year. <laughs> we might be able to do this with Lamar instead of Deshaun Watson." Um, as far as Carolina is concerned, though, like if they do end up getting Sean Payton, it, it changes everything completely with the quarterback situation. Because obviously you're probably not going to be drafting at nine. You're not going to be drafting anywhere near the top ten. You're probably not even drafting in the first round, or maybe even the second round, depending on what they ask for. Um, so you're probably looking at like those guys that Joe mentioned with you know Lamar or Derek Carr. But if they can't land one of those guys, I mean, is that going to result in Sam Darnold coming back and being your starter again with Sean Payton? I mean, I, I don't know if that that fits. Mm. I mean, do you guys have a problem with Darnold? coming back next year if there's a plan behind it or are you kind of I, I, so? I think there's an opportunity for depending on who the coach is if it's Steve Wilkes I could see Darnold coming back as yeah. a bridge guy yeah. as, a back, as a backup but and maybe if you draft a guy and you have Darnold to start the first couple of games but I don't I don't think any coach is going to look at Sean excuse me Sam Darnold and say he's the we're waiting on uh, Jonathan Stewart. We just heard from him. I think he's coming in in just a bit. Uh, he just messaged us on our group chat. So he should be in here in just a bit. We'll get to tell him why you're mad. And uh, we'll look at the divisional uh, round here. Um, pretty interesting that pretty much the entire NFC East, who we've been picking on for like four years, is, is the NFC field <laughs> going into next weekend. One more, one more thing I wanted to touch on with the coaching stuff is Ben Johnson, obviously very highly regarded around the NFL. My my biggest question I would say is, okay, he has taken this offense to a whole other level. Like, there's no question about that. But he has a veteran quarterback in Jared Goff who, as I've told you guys for, you know, you and Stu for the last, I don't know how many weeks, Jared Goff is not a bum. I mean, he's not mm. he's not terrible like everyone makes him out to be. He's a decent quarterback. Um, is he a franchise guy? Eh, probably not. But he's he's manageable. Um what can Ben Johnson do if he does have a rookie quarterback? That's what I want to know because of, we don't have that answer. Yeah. So I I thought that by the time we got to, through this portion of it that I would have a better understanding of <laughs> what the Panthers are going to do. Actually, I feel more lost now than before we started because you guys yeah. have given me so much info. I'm like, well, now I don't know because I came into this thinking Wilkes is still the front runner. Now I'm like, I have no idea who the front runner is. Like it, and they've kind of done that on purpose, I think. Uh, have they even completed the Rooney Rule yet? They've only interviewed one other external minority candidate, right? Or did I miss anything over the past day? No. Um, yeah, Caldwell. Ajiro Evero will will um, interview. He's the Broncos defensive coordinator kind of in London on Denver, obviously. But he is scheduled to interview this week. And he's got other head coaching candidate uh, interviews set up, too. Uh, he may have met with the Texans today. 
uh, I don't know. I can't, can't keep them on track. But uh, Caldwell does not satisfy the Rooney rule because he was not an external candidate. Um, you have to have interviewed two external candidates. So um, You mean Wilkes? Wilkes in the... I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Jim Caldwell and uh, Everill. Um, black ball enterprise says we don't need Lamar. I'd rather go after Stroud because Lamar can't be fixed passing. CJ Stroud looks like he can be an elite passer. I'm sorry. I'm not really enamored with any of the quarterbacks in this draft. I kind of feel like it's almost like the 2018 draft, the one with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, like all those guys that kind of got pushed up because there were no other quarterbacks. Uh, Baker was a Heisman trophy winner, like, I, I, but a little undersized, you know, it kind of sounds familiar with the, uh, who's at the top of this one. Skyler's been on record all year that he didn't like any of these quarterbacks that are in there. And I just don't know. It's hard for us to talk about that part until they do get a head coach. So we're going to leave the quarterback conversation for another day because really until we know for sure who the coach is going to be, we have no idea what kind of uh, uh, offense is running or anything like that. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think we're still getting messages from Stu. I think he thinks we're off the air. We're still on, Stu. So, yeah, come on in. because uh, I'll send him the invite. He said he doesn't have it. Oh, you know, did I not? Hey, I may, I may jump out, guys. Um, If Stu's coming in, it might be a good opportunity for me to to jump. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I'll I'll send him a link. Tell tell him I'm sorry I missed him. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Joe, let everybody know where they can get to your stuff. Uh, The Athletics, Joe Person, beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Definitely appreciate you coming on today, giving us some insight on what's going on in that building. Let them let them all know where they can find you. Yeah, they can hit me at Joseph Person on the Twitter. <laughs> Good to see y'all. I appreciate hey. you having me. I'm going to go chase some coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, man. So uh, we got uh, Stu's coming in in just a bit. Let me clear off this uh, this thing here. Here we go. Um so I'm just trying to figure this out. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and get into tell them why you're mad. Because yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad. I'm going to tell you why I'm we mad. I'm sure that Stu's going to be in it just a bit. Um, Skylar, you want to go first? Because I, I kind of have an idea of where I think I might want to go. I think I have an idea where we're all going. <laughs> <laughs> Burke! Hold on, wait a minute. There he is. Burke! He just, he just, he just missed Joe Person. He just had to leave. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Stewart in the house. Panthers all-time lead in Russia. Uh, I told you he'd be here. Um, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> Man, you have no idea. Well, let me get us situated here because I got us all on the wrong. There we go. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, Joe has hey. stuff to talk about. Regarding the uh, we're actually telling why you're mad. So, you came in at the perfect time. Perfect. Uh, now, Denver ain't played in two weeks. So, give us something. Uh, <laughs> give us something. Give us something good. What uh, what's on your mind as I try to fix my camera? All right. Uh, sorry for being late. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. So hopefully y'all are not mad because I'm late. But um, I'm uh, I'm upset at, and I would never, I would have never thought that I would have been mad about what I'm about to talk about about the person, Michael Vick. Ooh. I don't know if y'all seen what mm-hmm. what tran- transpired with Lamar Jackson not playing in the playoffs because of his injury, you know, knee injury. If I, out of all people, out of all people, 
you should understand Lamar Jackson's situation. Okay. Um, RG3, Robert Griffin III, when he was playing for the Washington Redskins during the time, now they're the commanders. Just look at that situation. Okay. Don't be coming at, you know, current players and trying to test their heart or like their ability to play through injury. We already got the people on the eyes outside that do that. You were, you were, you, you a legend. Yeah. Like people respect you. People look up to you and you coming out to just be willy nilly with what you're saying about Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson probably looks up to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like he, he taking that to heart and you see, and, and for, for a guy like me, who's actually played through injuries and have, has, have been banged up and missed a lot of games, you know, that strong accord with me because, you know, I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson would give anything to get out there on the field and help his teammates win a game where if he was in the game, if, if Lamar Jackson was playing healthy, they easily win that game. Probably. Yeah. Looking at it, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man, there's this, that, that strong accord with me. Um, so that's why I'm mad. Uh, I got some other things I'm mad about. But we can... <laughs> I'm surprised he even went that way. Like, I would have thought Vic playing that position would have – it was just weird that he would even say you need to get out there and play. Like, like bro, you play that spot. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, is it is, – like, to me, it's like, is this scripted or something? Like, yeah, like – you... like, <laughs> you doing this for TV? <laughs> you doing this for TV? <laughs> was this a tweet or was it on TV? This was uh, TV. I think it was on TV, and then RG three responded on Twitter. Uh, he did, and to me, he did it. Now uh, we can't excuse Robert Griffin the third because he's had some slip ups the past, like really all year, <laughs> like yeah, in the media. Yeah, he said yeah, some yeah, things yeah. and done some things. We're like, oh man, what are you doing? But this time he came on point because he he tweeted out a picture of himself wearing a knee brace yeah. with his knee getting bent up playing for the, the Redskins, and he was like, look. I wanted to play with my my brothers, play for my team. I went out there and put a brace on it too, and it affected the rest of my career. And like, what are you doing? Like, why are you telling this dude to go out here and do this? Like, like every football player in they in their mind knows the name of the game, and the name of the game is longevity. Okay, period, point blank. Talk to me, blue in the face, talking about yeah, man. I played through an ACL injury. I played through a rotator cuff. In. Like whatever you you played through, that's great, man. But I'm trying to play next year. Yeah. Okay. And and, and 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 the thing is too, why would I put myself in a situation to where I can't perform to the best of my ability to actually give y'all ch- give yourself a chance to win? Yeah. Like if you I go in, if I go in there, I get banged up. I'm coming out now. The backup quarterback, he, he wasn't prepared to go into the game as a starter to to really get his mindset. Like there's just too much in this that, that I just didn't understand about his comment, but uh. They really want a 60% Lamar Jackson out there for the playoffs? Like, right. leg injury when the main thing that makes Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson is his legs and, like, being mobile yeah. and getting around? Like, I don't know. I would have been, like, trending there all, I mean, there, all game. There's a lot to look at this game. Like, the the goal line play, him jumping over the, you know, yeah. the, you know, the, <laughs> trying to reach over. <laughs> First of all, unless you really gift it with size, like, blessed with size – and arm length like Cam. I mean, I seen Trevor Lawrence do it. 
Like Trevor Swift, six, five, six, six. Yeah. Like those guys, they do that and they practice that. They've done it before. I don't know if he's I don't know if Huntley's done that before. Um, but I do know that that offensive line had a surge. So all you had to do was just walk right behind them. But then the third thing I'm mad about is you got Dob, you got Dobbins. Yo, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. The, the running back, number 27, looking like Ray Rice out there. Like, <laughs> hand the ball off. Hand the ball off to your boy. Okay? Just hand it off. I uh, I got – I got. speaking of longevity, that's why I'm mad. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I wasted my night last night watching that Tampa Bay-Dallas game. Well, I wouldn't say wasted. It was actually kind of enjoyable, like watching Tampa just fall apart, like on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, how many times did Tom Brady throw this football in the dirt? Like it, oh, it wasn't man. even like he was trying. It was like he knew in his head, okay, this play is busted. Boom, yeah. dirt. Next play, yeah. busted. Boom, dirt. And I was just—I've never. They seen ran this. a. They ran a lot of screens, man. Because um, people were like the of- Cowboys defense their props, and I'm like. Yeah. Some of that was the Cowboys defense. Some of that was what we thought we was going to see when we saw Tampa the last time. And, like, yeah. it really makes me – I was sitting there the whole night going, how did we lose to this Tampa team? Like, yeah. how did we lose? They couldn't do anything on offense at all. Yeah, that's. I think every Pampa fan was shaking their head like, man, we would have at least given, given this a good game. That's what I something. said. Yep, we like, would have fought. We would at least fought. Even fight. Like, <laughs> fight back, Tampa. Fight back. Wouldn't God, I felt bad for God when every time he was catching the ball across oh, the Oh man, he was like, getting oh, crushed. Man. Like every every time he caught the ball, he was getting just like his body like parts moved around. Um shout out to uh Russell Gage, I think it was the, the guy that got hurt like right there at the two minute mark towards the end of the yeah. game. Uh, they didn't show the replay more than they did in the very, very beginning. I was afraid the dude broke his neck, like the way yeah. it happened. Uh, and they didn't really show it again after the first couple of times. But from my understanding, he's getting reviewed for a concussion. Uh, they're looking at his neck, but I haven't seen anything to suggest that it was a serious injury. It could have been much worse, uh, especially what, what happened with DeMar Hamlin, you know, two weeks prior. It was kind of a, a similar type of uh, situation there right at the end of the game. But uh, the reason why I'm mad is because we're still talking about Tom Brady, like he's got a place to go next year. The dude I watched last night, that dude does not need to be starting in the NFL. He looked like he looked like he didn't want to get touched. Like that's the thing. Number, eh. Yeah, saying, oh, Brady's going to Vegas or he's going to San Francisco. And I'm like, are these teams actually going to want Tom Brady? Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, he was. Ugh, it was ugly. Like he just he had a couple of balls he corked down the field. He didn't connect with any of them. The best one was actually the one right there towards the end. He tried to get Mike Evans down the sideline. And Mike Evans just couldn't get underneath the ball. It was a good I mean, throw. The, the ball, the ball to Julio was nice. Yeah, that was a good throw. That was a good throw. But that's one throw out of sixty-six or whatever he ended up throwing <laughs> last night. Like got a forty-five-year-old out here tossing the ball sixty-six times. <laughs> I thought at the beginning of the year that 49er fans would be probably taking Brock Purdy into the future over Tom Brady. Man, <laughs> dude, like Brock Purdy might be Brock might Purdy. Be. Look, <laughs> Brad Pur- do you have anything you're mad about, Skyler? Because then we'll move on to oh, yeah. it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and well, tell him why you're mad, man. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. I'm going to tell you why we mad, son. Kirk, what are you doing <laughs> on fourth and eighth? <laughs> Kirk, 
Say his name. God. Say his name. Well, I'm here. <laughs> What's his last name? Is he your cousin? I, I can't even say his last name. <laughs> That's your cousin. Probably. You know why I'm mad is because in my bold predictions in in the seat, uh, the preseason, I said Minnesota was going to the Super Bowl. I said this is the year he figures he it did. out, and they were going to get there. And then he throws three yard freaking pass on fourth and eight. <laughs> They find my pick. I picked. I, I probably say something along the lines of Kirk Cousins ain't got it. <laughs> oh. He's regular season. He's That's regular true. season Superman. Like he'll get you 11, 12 wins in the regular season, 4,000 yards. And then once they get the playoffs, man, it's just. I don't Do you know. blame the offensive coordinator for setting them up like that? I don't because, like, at the end of the day, like. That's the situation of play. No. Yeah. Situation and like even even if you just throw it up forty yards downfield, like <laughs> you give yourself more of a chance to throw it forty five yards down the field in double coverage and a jump ball than you do a three yard what yeah. I on fourth and eight. Wow. Yeah, it was a three yard out on fourth and eight. <laughs> Game over. So it's like yeah, he man. was the, the receiver was supposed to break the tackle, man. <laughs> yeah, that's on the receiver. I know, Kirk. No receiver didn't do his job. He was supposed to break the tackle. Um, I picked. 49ers, Jags, Bills, Vikings, Bengals, Dallas. Actually, so I picked everyone except for except for the Vikings. So, <laughs> so I don't know why I went with Minnesota, but I did. I think it was good. I said it was they were at home. Well, I, oddly I, enough, I, I, actually, I actually think I, I picked the Giants, um, even though I had Vikings going to the Super Bowl in the preseason. I think I picked the Giants this past week. I think you did too. Um, I did. I did as well. The only one I was uh, Tampa hmm. Bay. I got Tampa wrong and the Chargers dead wrong. Oh, I didn't Chargers. That's what I'm mad about. Hey, I'm mad about this. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. Up fire today. <laughs> Playoff. Yeah. They got, so the offensive coordinator got fired today, right? Yeah. Quarterback coach got fired, right? Mm-hmm. And how you go in hot smoking, throwing up points like it's just a basketball game, and then just go cold turkey. Like no answers, none. Why is Brandon Staley still employed? Well, that's my question. Like, because you could probably have Sean Payton. My understanding is that Payton wants the LA job. It's just no, not- I don't want to. I don't want to hear nothing about Sean Payton. <laughs> you missed a whole conversation about Sean Payton to Carolina. So that was probably listen, that was probably good. <laughs> Sean Payton, listen, it's going. It the risk reward there is just it's not it's not happening. You're not getting everything in one box. Look, Willie, actually something we didn't even address when Joe was in here. Why isn't character an issue with head coaches? Bounty gate. Sean Payton was the head coach. I have not forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And 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 Sean Payton just said, Oh, I don't have yeah, I don't have a QB. uh, uh, I'm gonna retire. uh, uh, (laughs) Life is too hard. Uh, I just I don't see that we don't have a quarterback like uh, uh, anyway. Well, like I said, we're going to talk about the quarterback stuff once we figure out who the head coach is going to be. Yeah. And right now, Joe and Skyler basically talked me off of S- Steve Wilkes being the leader in the clubhouse because they've interviewed 25 other people. And <laughs> we don't yeah, know. Ben, yeah. Ben Johnson. If it, ben Johnson got it. Think? But I want Wilkes. I want Wilkes too. I, I I asked about lateral moves. Maybe they were interviewing these OCs to come over and be one slash assistant head coach over here because they're all young. But yeah. I I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, real quick, let's get into uh the divisional round here and pick some uh folks from what we saw from this past weekend going into next weekend. Spence twenty two says uh, he's actually talking to another guy in the, in the chat at Gabe. 
if we hire a new coach, he's going to want his quarterback. That's all I'm saying. If we keep Wilkes, then yeah, stay where we're at and in the draft and pick BPA. He was actually responding to this. All these can't wait to draft a QB need to sit down. There you go, Gabe. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm we're none of us are enamored with the quarterbacks in this draft. So I don't see why I would give up multiple picks to move up in this draft to get one of these quarterbacks. But I, I mean, tell you, though, know. we got two second round picks. If that Florida quarterback drop. Richardson, I, I saw a video. I didn't realize he was as big as he is. Uh, yeah, he's, boy, he's, a, he's a project. Uh, boy, nice. Now, I don't know if he Ass. can start day one, but no, he a project. He a project. Yeah. Put him. Let Darnold be a bridge. Get I, rid I, of, I, I into, the, into the rabbit hole of, of quarterbacks, but let's just say that the 49ers won the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. That ain't far fetched. Are they wanting to trade Trey Lance? Uh, Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Maybe. I mean, let's not, well, let's not talk about. It. I got. I, I man, look, I got to put the shit down tonight. That, we're gonna have a whole quarterback like go like coming up. Like I ain't worried about that. So we'll have we'll have that coming up. Let me try to pull up here uh, the playoff bracket and what's going on here going on uh, next week. Um, the four seed. The Jacksonville Jaguars coming back from 27 to 0 on the Los Angeles Chargers. Taking they get the gift of going to Arrowhead and taking on Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Saturday, 4:30 p.m. It's on NBC. Um, Chiefs actually saw the Jags earlier this year in November. They beat them 27 to 17. Uh, who you got in this one here? Uh, you got the Chiefs, the one seed in the AFC. You got this kind of hot Jacksonville team. Uh, I like the fact Trevor Lawrence can go out there and throw, what was it, four interceptions or whatever in the first half? Not even phasing. Wouldn't, didn't even think about taking him out. Comes in <laughs> second half and just dink, 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 dink. Like, like, I mean, the whole half. Who, who y'all got here? Man, I saw some interesting fact that he's never lost on Saturday. Yep. High school, college, or pro. <laughs> Nuts. So, <laughs> if there's going to be an upset, man. Whew, oh, man. That Jacksonville be- might be able to do it. That you want to talk about becoming, but 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 just like I said last week with the Seahawks, I said, but it ain't gonna happen. No, Patrick Mahomes and and, and Kelsey, man, they just too much, they man, got too much chemistry. I'll tell you what, though, if it did happen, Trevor Lawrence would get his, his picture up in every Waffle House in Jacksonville, Florida, because oh, that yeah. would be the biggest thing to happen to them. I want to go get me a Waffle House right now. <laughs> I saw a video that he went to a Waffle House right after that game with the Chargers. Yeah, so after after yeah. they won, there was late night video of him. I think his wife, somebody, and their 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 uh, significant other walking into a Waffle House, getting ready to eat like at two in the morning or whatever. So, uh, you picking uh, you going? With the I'm Chiefs. picking the Chiefs. Who you got, Skyler? I mean, it seems like there's always one team that just makes a Cinderella run, and Jacksonville kind of gives you that feel, but. But like like Stu says, I, I, I just think but Patty Mahomes, man. Nobody everyone's scared to pick against the Chiefs. Uh he's got that he's got, do it. don't want to go. Do it, doesn't. Like, I think um, I might pick the Jags here. Like I don't I have nothing really to base it on other than the fact that I said that the Chiefs, I always feel like NFL title contending teams have a four year window from from when they either get to the Super Bowl or they're sniffing it to when it starts to break apart in the NFL. It's usually about three, four years. The Chiefs are at the end of that three, four-year window with this group. Even even the Patriots with Tom Brady and them, the Super Bowls he won, 
The first three came in a, the first four-year stretch. Then he went a long stretch without any. And then his the rest of them came in in this last three or four-year stretch with Tampa. So, like, it, it's always in this, like, window. And the Chiefs, this is 2022. Mahomes started, what, 2019? Is that right? It was the year before COVID, wasn't it? When him, it was the Patriots and Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Was that 2019? I think that's right. So 19, 20, 21, yeah. 20, this is year four. So if it's going to happen, I can see it happening here. Although, man, Pat Mahomes might be better without Tyree Kill this year. I, I think he is. I think his stats have been better without him. It's going to be yeah. hard, man. It's going to come down to the Chiefs' defense, really, and I don't trust the Chiefs' defense. Chiefs have a <laughs> – the point spread's nine uh, for the Chiefs. Um <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to go Jags. I'm going to go Jags. I just I just feel like something's happening. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm writing it down. I'm... <laughs> yeah, write it down. He's made his bed. <laughs> Jaguars. I ain't going to even give us a score. I don't even know what's going to happen, but it just feels like but, that one. But you ain't all the way wrong. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it just feels like something's yeah. happening with them. Uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. on CBS and Paramount Plus, the three seed Cincinnati Bengals at number two Buffalo. That might be the best matchup of the whole weekend. Uh, Stu, what you got? Buffalo. Bills are favored by four, and they're at home. You said Buffalo? Yep. Uh, Skyler? Yeah, Bills. Bills by two scores. I think I'm going to go Bengals. (laughs) 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 I think I'm going to go Bengals. hmm. Nah, you said it. Yeah, that looked fine. Like, like, you said, did I just make a Jacksonville versus Cincinnati AFC yeah. championship game? Is yes, that you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to mess around and get Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. Um, NFC, six-seed New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles, the one-seed, Saturday, 8.15 p.m. on Fox and Fubo. Fubo. Giants. 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 Yes. Yeah, I got the Giants, and the reason why I got the Giants is because I'm not certain about the status of Jalen Hurts right now. That's a good point. Good point. Um, Plus, although, but 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 if he is if he is if he like that on game day, <laughs> then it's gonna be just like it was the first time they met. Daniel uh, Jones has impressed me. I did never thought I'd ever utter those words, but Daniel Jones impressed me last week. Uh, Daniel Jones is doing his thing, Saquon. I mean, the way he's the way Saquon is is toting that rock right now, pass catch like out of the backfield, catching the ball, running the ball. There's no hesitation, none whatsoever. The way he just the, the touchdown he ran, like he's he's locked in, and it's a good thing to see. Uh, man, I'm rocking with the Giants. All day. Is that because you were a Giant? No. <laughs> Although they say once a giant's always a giant, but it's basically because Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I think I'm gonna go Giants too. I think I'm gonna go Giants too. Uh, they're, they're they're clicking right now. They hot. They're playing well, and the, and confidence right now is huge. That's the thing. Yeah, it's all. It's not the team that was the best team all season. It's usually who's the hot mm-hmm. team right now. Like who's been playing the best like the past right. couple of weeks and. uh and I honestly, and I honestly think on paper the Giants is the worst to me, the worst team at all. Like NFC, like who's left in the playing field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as the as, as far as the total the totality of you know their defense, offense, and the things they have put together throughout the year, I mean, but they hot right now after that last game. 
Sunday, 6.30 p.m., the 5C Dallas Cowboys at number two, San Francisco 49ers. I actually thought this might be an NFC championship game. Uh, they played each other last year in the wild card. San Francisco won. Uh, Dallas looked about as good as I've seen them look all year, uh, but it was against Tampa. So I don't really know how, how much that carries over because San Francisco is not Tampa. <laughs> they are not Tampa at all. They do everything better. They have skill positions. They have more skill position players than anybody in the league, it feels like. Uh, it don't, I don't. It don't even matter who the quarterback is, really. But but Brock Purdy doing his thing. Who you got? 49ers Cowboys. It might matter who the kicker is for Dallas. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've like, <laughs> never seen that happen in my life. <laughs> it never happened before. Guy missed four uh, extra points in one game. That mm. I, he got I'll, the last go, I'll go with the Niners. I, I think they just got. I, I mean, you want to talk about all the offensive stuff, but I think their defense is probably just as just as good and. Dak has struggled for the most part all year, and you know he got he got a, a an opportunity to to kind of wash some of that away yesterday, but not against this team. So, boy, you bored, duh. <laughs> <laughs> who who the Niners got on that team? Uh, Debo, name him, name C-Mac, him, Debo, C-Mac. like everybody, they got everybody on defense and everybody on offense. They even got everybody on special team. Everybody going to whoop that behind. Listen, the Cowboys, Dak, Dak going to have dreams, okay? And, (laughs) like, listen, he going to have some nightmares. Because you know why? They got less time to prepare. They got to travel. And that is not going to – listen, they just coming off of their little win. They they probably, like, rushing, watching film today. Like – feeling sore, trying to, like, psych themselves out. Like, oh, man, we're going to be all right. Like, yeah, get this kink out of my shoulder. Nah, you're going to have a nightmare the night before the game. <laughs> and it's going to be about that shoulder, that ailment, or that pick that you threw throughout the season that you shouldn't have thrown. Or, I mean, it's just, like, there's a lot of menta- mental prepare or I don't know what you call it, uh, mental preparation that goes into a game like this and they ain't got enough time. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night or maybe I'm just choosing violence, but I think I'm going to pick down. <laughs> God dang, boy. I don't know what it is today. What's wrong with you? I don't know. It just, it, it just feels right when I write it down. Cowboys. Like, I don't, I feel like. So you got the, you, so you got the Jags and the, and, and the Cowboys playing. I, in yeah. The- yeah, <laughs> literally. I think I just picked all the road teams to win. Like literally, I, I picked every road team to win this hey, week. Man, you should place a bet or something. Let us know. Let us know how it works. Hey, well. hey, bet online. Ag. I might head over there when this is over. With, see what <laughs> Bet online right now, everybody. I just feel like the Cowboys, to me, roster wise, were the most complete offense, defense down the line, except for the team they're about to play the 49ers except 49ers have purdy playing at quarterback if the Dak prescott that played last night shows up in san francisco you all i I can see that (laughs) i can see it happening now if he doesn't yeah the the 49ers gonna win by like 20 points but i i remember remember who i said that they got on their team oh i know yeah they got got everybody Yeah, everybody's in San Francisco. You can't stop Ah. everybody. You can't stop everybody. I'm telling you. Am I going to get like a Daniel Jones versus Trevor Lawrence Super Bowl? Is that what what's going to (laughs) happen? Like, because that's what I wrote down pretty much. I mean, or am I getting wrote down Joe Burrow? Like, well, that don't you wrote wrote down a very historic moment. (laughs) Jaguars, Bengals, 
Giants Cowboys is what I've got for the championship games. Well, good luck, man. I hope it happens. <laughs> and on that note, we got to get out of here. It's the Believe in Panthers podcast here on Believe Podcast Network. It's brought to you by betonline.ag. The podcast episode will be up later on tonight. Um, you can watch this on youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We'll be back early next week to preview the conference championships, open mailbag, all that good stuff. Uh, and maybe we might have a new coach to talk about by then. Well, I don't know. Skyler, you think they're going to have it by next week? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. So we'll still be talking about who <laughs> by then we'll be up to 40 candidates probably that they've interviewed. So uh, we'll keep you in track with all that. Shout out to Joe Person for coming in from The Athletic. Definitely follow him at Joe Person on uh, Twitter for the latest. Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter at Callahan underscore for the latest there. Uh, you can follow me and Stu. We just on Twitter acting up every day. So you can follow <laughs> if you want. <laughs> you can follow us if you want to on Twitter. Um for Skylar Callahan and Jonathan Stewart, this is Desmond Johnson. This has been the Believe in Carolina Panthers pa- uh, podcast. Keep out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 